Season three of the Craft Your Own Coffee podcast is sponsored by the one and only Baratza. If you've listened to pretty much any episode of this podcast, you know how important a burr grinder is to your coffee craft. And you've probably also heard me share my affinity, or obsession, for my own Baratza Encore burr grinder. Guys, Baratza is the real deal. They've been around since 1999, helping people like you and me raise our coffee games at home. Plus, they have an incredible reputation throughout the specialty coffee industry. Now, I have the Encore, but they have a bunch of other options to choose from, depending on where you're at in your coffee journey. Their customer support is gold. They've got tons of resources available to help the home coffee lover, and they'll stick with you for troubleshooting and repairs as long as you have the grinder. They're all about sustainability, so all of their grinder parts are repairable to ensure that you and I can easily fix whatever might break or wear out over time. So check them out at baratza.com, B-A-R-A-T-Z-A.com. And thank you so much, Baratza, for sponsoring some goodies for the community of home coffee enthusiasts this season. Hey, coffee people, Joel here. Happy New Year, my friends. 2021, we did it. We made it past 2020. I know it was a doozy. I won't go there, won't belabor it, but just know I'm with you guys uh, in the excitement, the anticipation for 2021. And honestly, I feel that way about every year. I know that last year was an anomaly. It was crazy. And we're not out of it yet by any means. But uh, as we start a new year, I mean, any new year, there's new possibilities. There's uh, for me, at least, there's always a sense of optimism, like, man, I can establish some new routines. Um, all, something about, this is this might be weird, this might just be me, but something about the leaves being completely barren on, like, off the trees, the trees being completely barren, that is, um, and everything's, like, cleared out and done for the season in anticipation of spring, where it, where it all sort of slowly comes back. There's something about that rhythm that I really enjoy. It gives me a chance to reset reflect on the previous year, look ahead towards the coming year. So I'm kind of sitting in that season right now as in the first couple of days of the new year. Like what goals am I going to be setting for this year? What new experiences can my family and I look forward to? Even though we're not, you know, like you guys, we're not able to plan ahead and plan travel and plan experiences necessarily. We'll kind of have to take it as it comes. But uh, what experience, what, what new ways to grow, what new ways to challenge myself and to challenge my thinking, expand my mind, create better habits healthier habits for myself. Uh, Just the possibilities are endless. So hope you're on that journey with me. Um, And that extends to coffee. We are still in season three of the Craft Your Own Coffee podcast and still talking about at-home espresso. One of the ways I've been trying to grow over the past couple weeks, since it's been a few weeks since I put an episode out, is um, really trying to put into practice the advice and the learning that I've received from interviewed guests on the show, from other folks that I've just been running into at cafes across Atlanta, uh, and just from comments and and um, interaction over Instagram and other ways. I've uh, been trying to take that all in and put it into practice. And actually, I've, I've been, if you've been following along on my Instagram, at Craft Your Own Coffee, uh, you've seen that I've, I've gone uh, about seven posts into just an at-home espresso making journey. So you're, you're seeing all my stuff like bad stuff it hasn't necessarily been a great experiment as far as like positive results and like 
mountaintop experiences with at home espresso, but it's been very enlightening and eye opening and helpful to me. So, in this episode today, I wanted to just give you guys a little bit of my takeaways. I have nine key takeaways that I've I've gained through the last couple weeks of really trying to dial in my home espresso game at home, put into practice all that you guys have been teaching me over the season. I hope it's been helpful. Um, and I hope that these nine takeaways that I've received are helpful to you as well. I know that there are some new folks listening to the podcast that are way further along in this journey with at-home espresso or just, you know, professional-grade espresso. Uh, than I am. And so I'm really thankful that you guys are here and listening in. So some of these takeaways might be, duh, um, like you've, you learned this years and years ago. So just bear with me. For others that are newer to espresso or still curious, maybe this will help you avoid some mistakes that I'm honestly that I'm st- uh, like still making, which is kind of humbling and kind of embarrassing, but it's all good because that's what this podcast is for. This is for home coffee enthusiasts and lovers that want to level up their coffee game at home. And so if you haven't experienced espresso at home, if you haven't tried your hand at it, um, here's some takeaways that I've gotten from really just going deep into the craft of, of doing this myself at home. So number one takeaway, uh, if you want to find a great way to gather feedback uh, on some challenges that you're having, uh, Instagram is pretty helpful for that. I'll be honest. That's a big takeaway that I've had. I've, I'm not a huge social media guy. It's not something that I love spending time doing. But I've definitely learned the value of that for this project, for this, for the Craft Your Own Coffee community, um, of putting pictures and videos and data and like challenges out there, and um, allowing the community to jump in and lean in and help. And you guys have done that, so I'm really thankful for that. So Instagram, you know, you've got some redeeming qualities to you. All right, uh, takeaway number two. Overall, I still am challenged by making espresso at home. Uh, I know that's not, you know, rocket science crazy, but um, I know that I don't have the best equipment. I've got really, I'm very thankful for the equipment I have. Don't get me wrong. I know it's it's not cafe quality um, and I don't necessarily want it to be. I don't have the desire to spend that much, the, the amount of money that it would take to get cafe quality espresso machines and equipment and stuff in my house. Um, and so um, because of that fact, I just need to work on getting a little creative, a little more creative with what I've got to get better results. So, And I've, I've learned over the past couple of weeks that um, I can take what I have and get creative and improve. So that's been a good takeaway. All right, number three, um, decent espresso. So you guys, if you listened to the previous episode right before the Christmas kind of break, uh, I, I got to interview the CEO of Decent Espresso, John Buckman, and I am so so thankful to have a decent espresso machine at home. But I'll be honest, here's my takeaway. Having a decent espresso machine has been a blessing and a curse for me. It's a blessing because I have data to point out what's going right or what's going wrong. Um, Mostly wrong, obviously, in the last couple weeks for me. But I have the data and I can start asking questions. I can start like diagnosing. I can post pictures and like those data charts out there to try to make some improvements. Now, the, the curse side of that is Um, I don't think like if I had a manual machine or even like a high-end cafe quality machine that I would really know what went right or what went wrong other than the taste of the cup or like really obvious things. Um, So now, even if I like the taste of the finished product with my decent espresso machine, if I didn't, if I look at the graph and I didn't achieve nine bars of pressure or if the flow rate wasn't exactly what I wanted or what I set the pressure profile at and so forth, um, then I know that I can do better. So you know, my whole thing with coffee is if you really like the finished product, then it's really good coffee. 
but there's always ways to level up and improve. So the decent espresso machine for me is actually a perfect representation of how I like to think about coffee. I just can't, for me, my takeaway is I can't go too far towards the data and um, just look at the graphs afterwards, after the fact, and say, oh man, this wasn't a, this wasn't a good espresso shot. When, and neglect, like, what does the shot of coffee actually taste like, the shot of espresso? I've got to keep that, like, the data and the actual finished product uh, and the taste of the finished product in balance. I mean, that's what we're really going after, right, is good tasting coffee that we really like. So um, i got to keep that in balance. All right, uh, takeaway number four from my at-home espresso journey and experimentation over the last couple of weeks is even with somewhat poor espresso pulls from a data standpoint, I still had several shots that I really liked. And that kind of goes back to what I was just saying, where the taste, the finished product taste is is paramount. Like that's what matters most, right? And everyone has a little bit slightly different tastes. Um, they like sort of different. I have a my sister-in-law, Whitney, um, really, really likes, I'm going to the drip coffee side, but she really likes dark coffee, almost like sludge coffee. Um, and that's, she just loves it. Like if you, if I brewed her something that I really think is good, um, she would think it's gross and kind of vice versa. So, uh, everyone's taste, taste preferences are different, but for me, the, one of the cool takeaways is I know I did a couple things wrong in a few of these shots, but at the end of the day, I still, I really liked the shot of espresso. I liked how, as it cooled off every, you know, 30 seconds or so I could taste new flavors and it kind of brightened up a little bit in the cup. So even making mistakes, you can still make something that tastes really good, which was which was encouraging for me. All right, takeaway number five. This is a big one. Uh, the grinder, man. You guys know how much how important a burr grinder is. I've been talking about that all three seasons of this show, and I will, and you know, for as long as this show's around. Super important. But you know, unfortunately, I learned that the grinder that I have, and I love Barazza, but the Encore is not going to be. Um, not going to really do the trick for the best results that I'm looking for with espresso. And I, I heard that from at Yo, uh, Yoka Valley, at Jazzy Jazzaroo, at Psycho Misfit, at Larry Perez 57, at James Stacy, at Taylor White 4123, and probably some others. All of you guys commented about this after looking at the pictures I was posting of the actual grinds themselves in the portafilter before and after tamping. You know, you guys were making comments like, hey, it looks way too coarse. So I kept dialing back down on my Encore to the finest setting until, you know, the last several days I've been at the one setting, which is the finest you can possibly grind. And it still is having some some coarseness issues. So that's a that's a big takeaway um, is the importance of an espresso, uh, an espresso sort of excellent grinder, uh, one that's really like dialed for that. Takeaway number six, that leads me to, um, as I've done some research, espresso-only grinders. Some of the you know folks on Instagram that have been leaning into this with me have recommended a few, and I've looked those up. They're super expensive, and I know how important they are. And um, so if that's not in your budget, and right now it's not in my budget, but if it, if it is, um, that's awesome. Like, you probably should do that if you've got counter space and all that. If it's not... Um, one thing that I learned is that sifting helps. So this is kind of going back to the get creative with what you've got, uh, especially if you're just doing this at home and just for you know yourself or your family or whatever. Um, so big thanks again to Charles, who's one of the co-owners at Bellwood Coffee in Atlanta, for the help, helpful suggestion. I was sort of commiserating with him um, one day over the last couple of weeks, and 
um, he he suggested sifting. So just getting out a sifter and sifting it into another container and then dumping that in the portafilter. When I did that, I had better results. So I had my best tasting shot of the last two weeks was my day five post on Instagram. Um, after I sifted the grounds for the first time, it took out chaff. Um, it seemed to result in better overall pressure, but it still had room for improvement, but I liked the taste the best. So I've, I'm, I'm probably going to stick with that. It's a little extra step that I don't you know, necessarily want to do every day, but it certainly helped the finished product. So I'm going to keep rolling with that. All right. Takeaway number seven, distribution. Uh, the distribution of the grounds in the portafilter. Uh, Jonathan Pasquale at Taproom Coffee talked a lot about this in my interview with him. And I tried to put into practice what he what he shared, and I clearly have room to improve. But I had a great comment from um, you know on Instagram from a guy named at Alan Dotlerand at on my day four shot on Instagram, and he mentioned um, in essence he said you had too much coffee in the middle, the shot started to drip from the sides. So I took a video of the actual shot being pulled. It started to drip from the sides. There was less coffee, so it created channels, and overall the flow was way too fast. So try to redistribute better before tamping. So Alan, thank you for that information and that like that catch. Um, and that was really helpful. And it was kind of confirming the fact that um, I think I'm going to be um, looking for a distribution tool of some sort. Jonathan talked about that might not might be more like form than function. Um, but I might I may try that because that's not too expensive. And that's something that could help me level up a little bit better and improve my distribution techniques. But um, that seems to be really important because I'm, I'm still having this dreaded channeling problem and that could be part of it is just not getting it to the edges. Also on that same vein at I am Ryan Haddix also asked me to check um, why there seemed to be a gap along the edges of some of the coffee pucks after tamping. If you look back through some of those pictures on Instagram at craft your own coffee, you'll, you'll see what he means. It was a good question. As I looked back through those pictures myself, I did see it happening almost every day where there's kind of like, it almost looked like a gap, a gap on the edges. I didn't really realize that until he pointed it out. So again, I think my next purchase will be a distribution tool to try to help see if that can get all the coffee all the way out to the edges. Um, I'm also going to attempt to twist. So when you tamp down, obviously you put 30 to 40 pounds of pressure straight down with a tamper onto the bed of coffee. Uh, But I've been pulling it straight up. As I've done a little more research after Ryan's comment, um, I think you're supposed to twist, do kind of a quarter turn twist on the way out. Um, and so I'm going to start working on that and seeing if that, that sort of keeps coffee uh, all the way to the edges. All right, a couple more takeaways, guys, and then I'm done for the day. Uh, crema, takeaway number eight uh, is around crema. So what I've learned is obviously it's important to see crema on top of your espresso. Um, I think probably most of us knew that. That's a hallmark of espresso, and that's you know, part of the process of pressure is it creates crema. But I'm also starting to learn that the amount of thick, the amount or the thickness of the crema on top of the shot isn't necessarily the most important sign of a good shot of espresso. I had some with really thick espresso that tasted nasty, and I had some with, you know, just a little bit of uh, crema on top um, that tasted amazing. So, um, and there's a there is a uh, individual or a company, I rather, at District 10 Coffee Company that shared with me that thicker crema can also actually mean that there's too much air, um, like air bubbles or air kind of pressurized into the crema itself, which actually means that the tamping needs to be even tighter. Um, so you need a little more pressure on the puck. So that was good feedback as well. So crema, super important, but not necessarily the uh, telltale sign of how it's going to taste. 
um, at least in my experience. All right. And then finally, um, my, my ninth takeaway to this sort of last two week experiment is it's, it's pretty humbling to fail over and over again, and then put that failure out in a public place and ask for help. So that's, that was kind of good for me just to do as a, as a human being is to do that. There were a few times where I, I was like, man, I just want to put something out there that actually works and shows people that I can do this and I've, I've improved. And I I considered a few times sort of just like deleting the video that I took or some of the pictures and starting over and putting a better result out. But I was like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it, put it out there. And, um, it's, it's humbling to do that for sure. Um, especially that the, my day six post, when I got spit out by my own machine, uh, like literally hit me right, hit the camera, um, my, my camera phone, um, and hit me on the shirt as well. It, and so, you know, I'd much rather be good at this and put the good stuff out there, but that's not real life. And I'm on a journey to get better. And you guys have helped me do that so far, which is, I'm, I'm really thankful for. I hope that this helps someone else as well. Even if it just helps one person that's struggling with the same things that I am to, to try to improve their craft at, at home espresso. Uh, maybe you gathered a couple things from this and um, let me know if you did. So feel free to reach out to me at uh, a number of different areas. You can send me a direct message I'm responsive on that on Instagram at craft your own coffee, which is all one word. You can send me an email at craft your own coffee at gmail.com. Um, or you can send in an audio message, which um, only a few have taken me up on this so far. I think that maybe there's some software issues because I, I tried it for somebody else for another podcast and it wasn't super easy for me to figure out too. But if you want to get adventurous uh, and send in a 60 second or less voice message, you can find that in the show notes. Uh, it's through Anchor, the company that um, hosts this podcast. They're the podcast host. Great company. Uh, and they, there's a link to sending in a voice message. I think you have to download the app, the Anchor app, uh, but if you want to get adventurous, I'll put your voice on this podcast. Uh, I promise that'd be, it'd be fun. So if you're feeling, feeling up for it, if that's one of your 2021 goals is to step out there a little bit more and take a risk and be adventurous. Send me a voice message with some thoughts, some ideas, uh, just anything you want to share. And I'll throw you on the podcast on a future episode. So guys, uh, thanks for being on the journey with me for perfect, uh, perfecting. I say perfecting for improving, uh, leveling up our at home espresso games. I don't know that anyone can perfect espresso, honestly. Maybe there's some baristas out there that would laugh at that and be like, man, it's not as hard as you think it is. We've perfected it a long time ago. Uh, if you are, you got to let me know your secrets, man or lady. Um, but uh, we want to level up. We want to get better and improve. And you guys are helping me do that. Hopefully, hopefully I'm repaying the favor as well. Have a great week, my friends. Uh, enjoy this first start to the new year. Get your goals out there, crystallize some things, get some accountability around those goals and put them into practice and make this year your best year yet. Although let's walk in slowly. Don't touch anything. (laughs) Don't break anything. Let's be nice to 2021, but let's also go in with a spirit of anticipation of that the best is yet to come. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you next week.